Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford with the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Got a great show for you lined up today. Jack Duggan will be joining us later in the program. We're going to take one final look at the statistics of the 2019 college baseball season for Southern Miss. Always look forward to talking to the old left-hander. About to bring uh, one of the young men that uh, played an instrumental role in the success of the team uh, this year. Eric Horde is going to join us here in just a moment. But first, let us remind you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit, our good friends and supporters of the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their delicious smoked meats that they cook in-house each and every day. If you've got a special occasion coming up, uh, Dickies can cater it for you. Large, small, church, office, private, it doesn't matter. You can sit back, relax, and let Dickies do the cooking. So we thank Dickies Barbecue Pit for all they do and encourage you the next time uh, you're in the area of a Dickies Barbecue Pit to stop by. We guarantee you that you're going to be happy that you did. All right, Monday, Luke, uh, happy Monday to you. And uh, the first Monday uh, in some time, uh, we haven't had a baseball game to talk over with Scott Berry. Yeah, a little withdrawals. Um, been I tried to watch, you know, some of the regional or some of the super regionals. It's just hard to to watch baseball when you're not connected to anybody. So yeah, it's just one of those times of the year you enter into it. It's got a little dead period, uh, but yeah, I, I'll probably watch on the College World Series this coming weekend. But you know, I, I was I was amazed at what Florida State did to LSU. Uh, probably the hottest team in the nation right now but yeah it's, it's just tough right now uh no golden eagles to watch uh, i asked my wife this weekend do you want to watch some of the super regionals and her response to me was my team is not playing and walked out of the room so i <laughs> i think that pretty much answered that all right well a member of my wife's team as she described them uh, this weekend uh joins us in the first segment of the eagle hour Eric Hort is a young man we've all enjoyed watching a great deal the last two years from Brandon, Mississippi. Came to USM by way of Jones Junior College. Hit three twenty three this season, eight fifty three on base percentage, thirty two hits in ninety nine at bats, four doubles, a triple, and two home runs. None any bigger than the crunch double that Eric Horde hit against Rice in the Conference USA Tournament this year uh, to get the Golden Eagles back in that ball game. I want to welcome Eric Horde to the Eagle Hour. Eric, glad to have you on the show. Uh, appreciate y'all for having me. Well, look, we're excited about having you. I want to take you back. Uh, lots to talk to you about, but I want to take you back to that Conference USA Tournament game when you come in, pinch hit a crucial double uh, in that big comeback against Rice. For those of us that never experienced that kind of thing and never will, Eric. Kind of go through that with us, what it's like to be brought off, you know, to brought in, uh, to pinch hit in a crucial situation, uh, what you're thinking when you come up to the plate, and then more importantly, what were you thinking uh, when you laced that double? Uh, well, you know, it's really not easy, a very easy thing to do. It's really all about mindset. 
And I kind of figured, you know, we started out kind of slow, and I just knew that I was going to come in at some point. And I just didn't know when, but when it happened, I just went up there saying I just need to do something to help my team get started here. And I was lucky enough to come up with it. Well, I don't think it was luck. I think it was skill. But uh, So when you're coming up to home plate, are you thinking something to yourself? What's going on in your mind uh, as you're walking up there to that situation? Well, I was walking up there. I'm just telling myself, you know, don't go down easy. Find some way to compete. That is meaning that that means to get like a 10-pitch at bat and get out or get on base. I just want to do something to help my team, you know get the hits, and somehow get a spark. All right, so you, you make the hit, you get the hit. I suspect the first thing you hear is the roar of the Golden Eagle crowd. Am I right? Yeah, I did. That, that was amazing. And you get on second base, and what are you thinking to yourself then? I'm just out there like I did it, you know. I really, I really can't even explain, you know, the energy and the excitement I had in my body. Mm-hmm. So you're a lot more humble than I would be. If it were me, I'd be thinking, "Yes, I'm a bad man." But you weren't. You weren't thinking that, right? <laughs> uh, talk to us about. Uh, talk to us about that comeback. And uh, you know, we're we're sitting up in the stands watching it. And and I'll be honest with you. You know, there's a point that we think, well, we've lost this game. Uh, and how how's the how are the guys going to respond to this? And then you guys come back and win this dramatic game. How much of a spark did that give the team the rest of the tournament, Eric? Well, it gave us a big spark. You know, our coach, especially Coach Kai, he always talked to us about how to look things better and how, you know, a lot of people give credit to one person for winning games. They don't see, like, the whole team effort. And I'll be honest, we really haven't even seen, like, a whole team effort win until then. And that just started to ship. Right. Luke? Eric, glad to have you on today. Uh, what you just said, what was it about about the last really, you know, two weeks, two or three weeks of the season? I felt like we had a lot of good players, but it really took that last two or three weeks of the season for you guys to gel, you know, as a unit, um, and and that's what we saw. What was it about uh, the last two weeks of the season that made that run so special? Well, you know, everyone just realized that. I mean, we don't have any selfish people. Like, if people don't play, you know, no one out about it or anything like that. Everyone just had a set in their head that we were going to miss it. And everyone was going to do something, you know, to help the team win, no matter what it was. Yeah, I want to I want to commend you also. Coach Kaye told us going into this season back in January that um, he was really proud of of uh, your fall ball and and what you have done. And you were a guy, man. Uh, we people felt like you know the more at bats you got, it was just going to be really apparent that you were going to be a clutch hitter. This year, you were a role player, and and I you know I just wanted to commend you on air. You played your role extremely well. Was it a little difficult? Uh, and and we're just being transparent here. Was it a little difficult? Uh, you know, coming in you were a, a home run swatter in, in junior college how did this two years shape you as a player you know to to fit to know your role and and to adjust to it as a senior oh yeah at first coming in you know it was tough for me and I didn't adjust that well but you know I guess mentally I matured up and just accepted that role and just took it on from there 
Um, Mason Strickland was with us this last weekend, and the one thing he just kept saying about you was that your batting practices were a feat to watch in themselves. Uh, yeah, a lot of people said, you know, I was just trying to you know, get better with every swing I had. Well, clearly he with did you that and uh, oh, he did. I mean, it was it was pretty amazing to watch. The, the one that I got frustrated with, Eric, is that when they took that one away from you against Gonzaga in in the canceled game, uh, we all wanted you to to have that home run. But what was it about some of these guys that you played with? I know Freddie came in with you, Mason came with you. How did Jones College and playing for Coach Carklin, who's a Southern Miss guy, how did that prepare you to play for Southern Miss? Well, I mean. Pretty much, we did a lot of things that Southern Miss always did. And, you know, with Coach Creek being a Southern Miss guy, he was just mentoring us in the right way and getting us prepared to what was in store for us. And that just helped us out a lot to come to the next stage. You know, Eric, one thing we talked to the coaches about uh, after the tournament was, and during the tournament actually, was that it was guys like you and Storm Cooper. Uh, and some other guys that that came out of the dugout and made massive contributions uh, that allowed the team to uh, get itself past that opening game and then go on to uh, to win the tournament. You know that's that's an unselfish act on, on the part of players who maybe haven't been on the field every game like I'm sure that they would like to be, but you're prepared and when you're called on, you come in and really step up and and help your ball team a lot. How important was that mindset on this 2019 baseball team? Well, it was very important because we had a bunch of guys that could play at different spots. I mean, really, we could have put anybody out there in a spot, you know, but it just didn't follow that way. But that was very important for us because, you know, it gave us a spark at the end. You know, we, we pretty much say the best teams don't win at the end. It's the hottest. And mm-hmm. normally – it's going to be someone who haven't contributed much to the season that will carry a team in the postseason. And we just, you know, live by that. Right. Well, uh, no question it paid off. I want to take you back to Jones. As I'm reading okay. here, you played two years on a baseball team that was 113. 100 wins and 13 losses in two seasons. That had to be one heck of an experience. Uh, it was it's something that I won't forget, you know. Till this day, I still have really close friendships with them guys. I mean, Juco is the grind. It's pretty tough getting through it, but we was able to do it. And, you know, it's just something I'll never forget. All right, Eric. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank you for the contributions, uh, the great contributions that you've made to Southern Miss Baseball. And, uh, son, we wish you nothing but the best as you move into the next stage of your life. I appreciate the offer having you. Thank you. All right. Eric Horde, everybody, one of the really fine, fine players on this year's 2019 Southern Miss baseball team. Another big weekend for track in Golden Eagle history, and yet another honor for Matt Walner. All of that's next on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
I want to thank Eric Horde for coming on the show with us in the first segment. Great conversation with that young man. We wish uh, Eric nothing but the best. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and our friends at CampusBookmart.net, located on Hardy Street. You know, the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere in the planet. And uh, just in case Luke or somebody in an out-of-town out market uh, listening to the show wants to buy me something, uh, you <laughs> can just go to uh, campusbookmart.net, size XXL, and uh, we'll send it right here to the radio station. All right, look, uh, surprise guests walk in, but the timing is just perfect. Mitchell Williams, host of the Mitchell Williams Sports Page, former Southern Miss track star himself, and my longtime friend, what, 30 years maybe? Uh, longtime friend is right. Track star, don't even resemble anything like at school. So Golly. Mitchell comes in, and uh, we were about to talk about track and field. And Mitchell, you made such a great observation during the break. This is a track program that at one point didn't even have a track. Right. And now they finish in the top 25 of the national track meet this weekend. It's one of the most remarkable stories, uh, Scoop, that um, – I know the national media is maybe not caught on it, but I mean, it's been when I was at school and the track program was um, restarted. I tell you what, the last track program that Southern Mississippi had prior to 1979, Jimmy Havert was on that track team. Is that right? <laughs> so <laughs> he told me that was in 1955. So uh, now. Um, speed forward, we didn't have anything. And we used to go practice at Hattiesburg High on an asphalt track. We never had a home meet my entire career there. And then um, then they got ready to build the track, I think, in 96. And then you know, Coach Bell was there, who was uh, my mentor, our head coach at the time, and the track's named after him. And then he kept telling everybody, he said, better days, it's going to happen one day. And they won a couple of conference championships at the time, I mean, after we got a track, and then they, everybody got a glimpse. And then we had Coach Williams come by. Coach Williams was remarkable. He was an assistant in Alabama, and he really kind of put us on a really more of a competitive map because uh, we started enlarging uh, number, our numbers. And then Coach Stewart came through here. And Coach Stewart came with this vision of what it could be. And, uh, of course, he had influence with everybody. Incredible recruiter. I, don't, I would want my kids to run for him. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just uh, same way all the time, and kids love him. And they'll 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 kill for him. He's a really really great coach. All right, Luke. Surprise guest for you. Mitchell just happened to walk in the studio. I, I know you probably have some comments you want to make about track and uh, uh, what what great timing to get Mitchell's uh, observation of what we see now with the track program. First comment is um, y'all are throwing that number thirty around. You know, I'm, that's how old I am, just in, in my mid thirties. So I just wanted to make that observation really quick. Millennial, yeah, millennial. Mitch, did you have, we're did looking you have a at what these. That. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bob, you're old. All right, let's get into All the right. stuff. All right. So, so Mitch, when you look at this, this isn't like one kid that had a remarkable season. No. Uh, McKinley West has been dominant in sprints. Uh, Eric Richards uh, in the high jump. Caleb Parker in the 110 meters. John Warren, probably the best triple jumper in the history of the school. On his last jump in Austin, breaks another school record, 55 feet in a triple jump. That's These orbit. were four guys – these were four guys that in four different events were all Americans for the Golden Eagles. So it wasn't just like one guy was really good. I mean, this shows the type of, of program uh, that, that Coach Stewart has put together. Luke, and, and then think about the volume of that. I mean, one of the things that when track was started there 
was we were like the the also rans. Now when I was there, you know, we had Reggie Collier and they were always they were our biggest fans, football players, because track helped keep Southern Mississippi D one A. Now it's turned around, where um, Coach Stewart has a program where they're 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 uh, there's six different sports now it provides the D one A for Southern Mississippi women's cross country, women's indoor, women's outdoor. Men's cross country, men's indoor, men's outdoor. They're all sports. And they all count. And now he's put it to a position where now they win. Big and time. they win. They win with limited resources. And think about this too, Luke and Bob. They're at the track. Nobody's there. Nobody's watching them. They have no there are no lights on the track. How about this? They're top twenty five in the country. There are no lights on the track. So he's doing it with a middle school budget and winning without any fanfare or what. And uh, these kids, he finds, and of course, he's a great evaluator of talent, Coach Stewart is. And we see him all the time. Those kids are in and out. Great character kids, too. They're just as good. Some of them, the number of them we've met is just as good off that doggone track. And yeah, then. then so what's it. his secret sauce? What, what's made him so successful as the track coach? I, I believe uh, his hands on with his, with, his, with his kids and also knowing what he's talking about. Meaning, he, he's a perfectionist, but gives the curve. Mm-hmm. Meaning, he's teaching you to do it right, but he's going to love you where you're at. Love Coach Stewart. That's just, it's hard not to. And everybody, all the coaches over there, they, they admire him. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you say track at Southern Mississippi, it's not football, basketball, baseball. It is not soccer. It is not softball. It is not volleyball. There's no season tickets that you get for track and field. But then, all of a sudden, in the month of May and June, uh, they this child just won a national championship, <laughs> or they, they've just won the conference yeah. title. You hear I mean, this stuff? Let's yeah. let's yeah. let's put it in perspective. So we were going to talk some in this segment about how Matt Warner's a first team All American. Track had three first first team All American. Absolutely, three right. first teams and one second team. I mean, if, if you put it in perspective, other than baseball, track and field is the is the second best. Uh, sport at Southern Miss right now, and it, and I and I think we try to Mitch, we try to bring a lot of attention to it on the Eagle Hour uh, because you know it. People out there don't realize you know what he's doing. So put it in perspective. Baseball has one All American this year. Track has four. Talk about these some of these events uh, that these guys are doing. The one ten meter hurdles, the triple jumps. Always John Warren's been on the radar for the last yep. three years. And he's what these remarkable. Guys are pulling off. You, remarkable. You, young you mentioned the fifty. The 55-foot triple jump, I think you just called it orbit. Orbit. I mean, talk about what that is. Well, I mean, can you imagine going full speed – and then you gotta do like a like a triple hop jump, triple hop, triple hop jump, da da da, da 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 da, and the last jump has to be everything you have. Now, put that in perspective: fifty-five of anything, and you gotta do dump, 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 <laughs> is nuts. Is really nuts, and um, all they do when they go over there, right over there, where you know where the track is, you know that was nothing. There it used to be oil refinery where they used to put all all kind of old stuff. We used to play softball over there, mm-hmm. and um, and they go over there and they work on their their uh, what they have to do with no audience, none at all. And the hurdles, you go over there and nobody's watching. You can go there at any time and work on it. Da 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 da
So the wonderful thing about track that I love is that you're not competing against everybody. You're competing against yourself. The, that PT time is, is what wins championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as a former member of the track program, you have to be really proud of these. I'm guys. jumping through my skin. Um, I, I think the wins are always when you see them win, but also know what kind of kid, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warren's a great kid. I mean, and it's a number of them. Uh, the, the, we see a number of them just go to – they're just awesome young college students. And they're out there. They don't get a lot of fanfare. They come over there. They go in the training room. They do what, what they do their business. And then, of course, I mean, they're maybe I haven't seen it, but when you look at the list of kids that are uh, on uh, the dean's list and things that sort, you'll see track and field kids. I know Mitchell, the previous athletic director, told us about a about a retreat that he went on. Mm-hmm. It was like a three or four day retreat with a lot of Southern Miss athletes. They went way off to some camp somewhere. Just kind of got away and talked and and whatever, and he came back and he said the most impressive group of kids on the retreat were the track kids. Track and field he was kids. just stunned at how impressed he was by you, them. You, when you're in track and field, you have to you have to compete and be on your own, but also be a part of something. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's yeah, yeah. I think even in um, from. Um, my career that was in media years ago, if it was not for track and field, because you're looking at a box every night. Mm-hmm. You're just, only thing you're doing, you're, you're competing against yourself. Mm-hmm. And from a life skill, you go out there, you, you kind of blaze out all the noise. You're basically trying to be the best you all the time. And track and field people, and Coach Stewart breathes that on those kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you stopped by. We've got just about 30 seconds left. Sports page tonight. Sports page tonight. It's going to be really, really good. Trying to get rekindled after a couple of weeks. Also, too, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about football a little bit tonight for Southern. You know, it's, uh, it's camp season now. Right. Uh, where, right. Uh, the elite camps, where you will have maybe 400, 500 prospects on campus. Is that right? I think probably. That wasn't a sound effect. That was Mitch. <laughs> right, that was, right. Sometimes this week right. and then uh, through the month of July, it might be the same amount. And Jason Campbell's campus. It's on the 27th. Uh, with all the water, we couldn't get on the field at Jones. Uh, registrations between 8 and 9. Go to southeastmsfca.org. And it's a free camp, first 200. Get a nice dry fit shirt. We're going to save one for Bob and, and, and Luke. We got one just for y'all. And it says strong right in the front of it, Luke. So you're going to love it. Go. I got it. Thank you, Mitchell. Love it. Love you. Thank Mitchell y'all Williams, so much. everybody. Surprise guest on the Eagle Hour and always welcome. Jack Duggan's next. He's always welcome, too. So stick around. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, just in the shadow of the rock. 4th Street Bar and Grill, every day a lunch, $8.95 with a drink. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour, and we appreciate 4th Street Bar and Grill and their support. 
Well, thanks to uh, Mitchell Williams for talking some track and uh, Eric Hord for uh, joining us earlier and now joining us uh, from, the, from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg in beautiful downtown Laurel. Jack Duggan on the hotline and old left-hander. Uh, no baseball. Bob and I are kind of not knowing what to feel like in the universe. Uh, how are you handling uh, the offseason? I'm doing all right. I uh I, I literally I literally I don't think I left the house but maybe once all weekend. I'm not sure what to do exactly do out in the real world when there's not a game. So <laughs> so, so, so a lot of times but, I just sit around my house and do nothing. <laughs> but how excited were you uh, the, the loss of Matt Walner of all places for Matt Walner to land Jack Duggan. Where did he go? The Minnesota Twins. 39th pick overall. In the competitive balance round A, I believe that's how their compensation round, one of the two. I think it's competitive balance. But uh, I tell you what, I, I was I was watching it, and my wife and I were talking about it, and I said, you know, Pensacola just down the road, and then if, you know if he goes, he plays double A in Pensacola, I get to see him in Biloxi and Pearl, and uh, you know I I kind of I kind of. Put my hopes on that pick, and then Jim Cott, a uh, longtime uh, major leaguer, comes out. He, he he says Matt Walner's name, and I tell you what, man, I was almost in tears. I'm not going to lie. If that makes Bob, sense. Uh, we, we've we've never seen Jack, you know, in no, tears before. Never, but no, I, I, no. I, I saw the reaction from from Matt's house in Hattiesburg, and Mason Strickland told us last week half the team was over there. Bob, uh, pretty cool uh, for Warner to go to Jack's team. Oh well, no question. And Jack, I, I read today where he's uh, named uh, Baseball America First Team All America, the eighth All American award in his career. So it made me wonder: Did you just kind of establish a template? for your releases about Matt Walner being named All-American and just kind of fill in the, the latest uh, accolade? That's that's kind of basically what I do. <laughs> if you go back and look at if you go back and look at 2017, the amount of awards that he won, it was it was it was pretty spectacular. I I mean I I literally was writing for about a two week period. I was writing at least one release a day for him. He was he was winning this award and that award his freshman year. And you know I would I would I would even call Coach Barry. And after about four or five times, Scott said. He goes. What can I say about him now that I haven't already said? So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's great to have you know a young man who's who's had some, that much success in our program, and you know just just what a great kid he was for three years, and and you know I tell you what, Southern Miss fans are going to miss him because he he was he was fun to watch, and um, I. Uh, I tell you, I, I look forward to watching him play in, in the professional level, and uh, I know that I know that for three years he was a Southern Miss Gold Eagle, and no question. And I know he'll never trade that, and uh, so that's that's exciting. That's exciting to me. No question. All right, the season's over, Jack. I had a guy say to me the other day that he thought this was the best postseason run the Golden Eagles had had since 2009. I'm curious to know what you think about that statement. Well, I think in terms of number of games won, I mean, you look at 17, of course that ending was a lot a lot different. Uh, some people call that nightmare on 4th Street, I think, uh, that I've heard. Uh, uh, 
that that final day, unfortunately, just couldn't just couldn't beat the weather and Mississippi State the last day. But uh, you know, I think that you know, in terms of in terms of the the way that we won the Sunday game to get ourselves into the championship round, uh, rallying from eight runs back against Arizona State and. You know, Matt Gidry, the big three-run homer in the eighth to kind of cut us uh, back to, I guess, what, the three-run deficit. And then, mm-hmm. you know, big Gabe Montenegro with the with the hit to right field to win it. Uh, which, by the way, I went back and researched it today. And, I, and I've saved this just for your show, Bob, because okay. because um, the, the eight-run comeback ties for the longest comeback win – Come from behind, went for Southern Miss in an NCAA tournament game. Hmm. Uh, the other one, uh, Eagles were also they were down 10, ten to two in that game. Eagles were also down ten to two in a in a game back in nineteen ninety against UL Lafayette. Then was then was uh, Southwestern Louisiana. Uh, we're down. If I go back and look, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm looking at the old box score. Uh, USL got two in the first, two in the second, one in the third. We got one in the fourth. They got three more, so it was eight to one at that point. We got one in the fifth, and then they got two more to make it ten to two after five. And then the Golden Eagles got five in the seventh, six in the eighth, and then one in the ninth. And the big blow I remember from that game was Kerry Valry. Remember him? He was a great football yeah. player for us, but he also played also played baseball. He hit a grand slam on they hit the top of the scoreboard at the old Alex Box Stadium, and the, the old scoreboard at Alex Box Stadium was in left center field. He hit the top of it, went over, so or it may have just gone over. You know, sometimes my memory is not as good as it I like to think it is. But uh, but that was an eight run. That was an eight run uh, comeback as well. Uh, the other two were five run comebacks. Um, the the if you go back to uh, 2017, uh, Golden Eagles were down six to one, I believe. And they, yeah, they were down six to one against UIC in the opening game of the Hattiesburg Regional in 17. Come back to win eight seven. We were down six to one after four and a half in that in that regional, and then. Um, the uh, super regional game at Florida, we were down six one after two and a half and came back to win seven to six. So those are our top four comebacks in NCAA tournament history. So, Jack, is there is there like a secret vault somewhere on the campus where all of your records are stored? I mean, <laughs> no. there's, there's got to be. I can just picture you down there late at night with a candle digging through the old records. Am I wrong there? No, you know, I, I, about a year ago, I decided uh, I was going to. I was going to keep some NCAA tournament records, and I've got every box score from every NCAA tournament game that we played. And in fact, it came in it came in handy. Uh, it came in handy um, during the regional. Uh, you know, especially we scored that twelve run fifth. Right. That let me that let me tell everybody that uh, the twelve runs was the most we'd ever scored in an inning in an NCAA tournament game. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just uh, you you. you when you do get some time to kind of sit down and 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 do stuff like that, it's fun to do. And uh, I know our fans enjoy having those kind of things um, uh, when when those things come up. So uh, right, so, no question. So. All right, so Jack, before we run out of time, okay, it seems to be the best pitching team we've had in some time. Statistically, is was that correct? 
Uh, I think um, in in some ways, yes. Uh, I think uh, uh, we, we the thing that, that jumps out to me we weren't a we weren't a an overpowering teams in terms of strikeouts, mm-hmm. but we we were still over we were still probably two point five strikeouts per walk. So we didn't walk a whole lot of guys this year. Um, and we finished with a 4.22 earned run average. If he can finish under four, I think you're doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, didn't have a lot of saves, but uh, you know, we did have we did have seven shutouts and threw our first no hitter uh, in I guess since two th- in 15 years. So um, you know, it was it was a different it was a different season pitch wise. I mean, we never really. Solidified our starting pitching. I think you know part of that was injury. Part of that uh, just just never could get that third guy to step up until the end. And then, um, but uh, you know, if you look, you go down, you go down, and the guys that 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 came out of the bullpen, you know, Hunter Stanley, um, uh, Brent Blaylock, uh, Alex Nelms, Sean Tweedy, uh, J.C. Keys. Uh, at times, you know, it just, uh, you know, those guys were, for, for the most part during the year, were, were lights out. I mean, they, they were really, really good. I think at times we probably had to overuse them just mm-hmm. for, 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 for sake of having to do that, just to, 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 to gobble up innings. But, but I, you know, I thought, I thought that the plan that, that Coach Ostrander, uh, employed during the year I thought was really really good and uh and and you know for the most part I thought pitching kept us in a lot a lot of ball games right I agree we're a good hitting team but we've had some real juggernaut offensive teams over the last two or three years so it's really hard to expect them to surpass that is that a fair statement yeah I would think so yeah, yeah, but overall a good year, wouldn't you think, Jack? Oh, I, hey, uh, forty in a row, fourth uh, fourth year with just one of five uh, Division One programs with at least uh, four four forty one seasons in a row. So that's pretty good. All right, buddy, we appreciate you keeping us straight. We'll look forward to having you on the show again real soon. All right, Bob, take care, Jack Duggan, everybody, Thanks, sports Jack. information director from Southern Miss, and a really really good guy. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank uh, Jack Duggan, the old left-hander, for joining us in that segment. And really is exciting. You think about uh, what Matt Walner has done in the last three years and what he will do coming on. And, and Bob, I didn't realize that with uh, Pensacola being double-A for uh, yeah. the Twins. Southern Miss fans get, got a lot of opportunities possibly in the near future to watch Matt Walner keep playing baseball. Have you been to that stadium down there? 
Only uh, when, in with you telling me about it, how it's, beautiful it, it is. It, I need to go. It's the prettiest baseball stadium I've ever been to, and uh, that's just a good excuse to go to Pensacola for the weekend to go Matt, watch Matt Walner. And uh, you can stay right downtown. You can walk to the baseball stadium. It's right there on the bay, man. It's a that's a win-win trip down there. I'm, I may have to check that out if he, in fact, ends up on that double A team there. It is for sure. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center. If you're looking for the largest inventory and best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing, Gulfport Home Center is the place for you. You can check them out online or go see them on Highway 49 in Gulfport. Speaking of Matt Walner, name today. Add one more award to the amazing career of Matt Walner, a first-team all-American by Baseball America will not be uh, the last uh, All-American team he's on by the time they get done announcing it. But Matt Warner, Southern Miss, first team All-America by Baseball America. Congratulations uh, to Matt. We were talking to Mitch earlier about the finish that the Golden Eagle track team had down in Austin. And, and just uh, when you look at it, four All-Americans, Caleb Parker, Eric Richards, and John Warren are first team All-America. McKinley West is second team All-American. Warren, Richards, and Parker uh Came, uh, went to the finals. Uh, Caleb Parker finished fifth in the 110 meter hurdles. Eric Richards finished fifth in the high jump. And John Warren finished fourth, uh, in the high jump. His last jump of his Golden Eagle career sets a new personal best and a new, another new school record in uh, the triple jump. So put that in perspective. Baseball has one first team All America. Uh, track and field has three first team All Americans and a and one second team All American. Just can't say enough, man. Baseball and track and field, the the hottest uh, programs right now at Southern Miss, Bob. No question, and unfortunately, they're up both over. Am I right? Baseball, obviously, track and field. I guess they're done for a while. Everything, everything's yeah. over, man. We were talking about this. Uh, some teams punching their tickets to. Uh, to Omaha, Mississippi State's in. Uh, I know you're rooting for Arkansas today against <laughs> Ole Miss. But a team that uh, was you know, one of the last teams to get in, and the joke is, the joke that you and I have always said, you know, when you have 14 regional hosts, you give one to LSU, you give one to Florida State, and then everybody else, you know, can, can figure it out. Right. There's a reason why Florida State's included, you know, in that conversation. Uh, what Mike Martin has done, and this is his final ride, he's going to retire. Uh, Bob, I was just looking at some statistics. Jack mentioned going off air that we're one of, uh, you know, teams that have, have won at least 40 games in the last four or five years. Mike Martin has been coaching. Florida State since 1980, and he has won 40 games in all 41 seasons, at least 40 games, in all 41 seasons he's been a coach. The average record, when you look at what he's done, the average record for him as a head coach is 49 wins and 17 losses. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy, and I think he's been to 16 College World Series, and that may not have counted the one that he's going to this year. Uh, but, you know, they were a joy to watch. I, I watched a good bit of their game yesterday against LSU. And look, man, I mean, they just control the ball game and uh, very calmly got out there, made the plays, got the hits where they needed them, provided the pitching. And really looked like to me it's a team playing pretty hard for their coach. And uh, wouldn't, that be a, wouldn't that be a storybook finish to see them win the College World Series? 
he's never won one. He's been there all those times, and he's he's never won one. And that's just the thing about college baseball. Um, the, you know, there's so much parity in it. Louisville punched their ticket. Mississippi State's punched their ticket. Florida State's punched their ticket. Uh, it'll be a lot of storylines going in. You you got uh you know you you got the coach at Mississippi State. This is his first year they're in. You got Mike Martin, his 41st year they're in. It'll be interesting to see. You know, if they cool off at all, but Florida State definitely the hottest team right now in the country. Right, and back to that All America team. Uh, worth noting that a kid from Western Kentucky, Jake Sanford, an outfielder for the Hilltoppers, also named uh, on the All America Base- Baseball America All America team. And uh, one of the great things about college baseball is you know you don't have to be part of the quote unquote Power Five. Uh, four kids on the first team from non-Power 5 schools from Tulane, Southern Miss, Navy, and Connecticut. Uh, you get kids from UC Santa Barbara, Wright State, Western Kentucky, New Mexico State, Nevada, Las Vegas, Fresno State, Tennessee Tech, Elon. Nice to see some college sports where, you know, it's it's just not limited to the to the five big conferences and and kids competing at the, some of the smaller schools have an opportunity to to get the attention that they deserve as well. I think they do, and and it should be noted also the the team that the Golden Eagles beat twice in the regional Arizona State. One of the outfielders on the first team was Bishop, who for Arizona State. Second team Spencer Torkelson. So the right. Golden Eagles in those two wins against Arizona State beat two first and second right. team All Americans. All right, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Stevie Powers scheduled on the show tomorrow. Is that right? Yes, and okay. Fred Franklin on for Wednesday. All right, good deal. Looking forward to talking to all of these kids as the Eagle Hour rolls along this week. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. And until then, everyone, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.